It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 7th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's 107 to 106 loss at the Magic scored 100 points. Uh, 107-106 loss to the Dallas Mavericks as Orlando comes up just short at the buzzer uh, to get their first road win of the year and break a what is now a four-game losing streak. The Magic of a five-game homestand coming up. Let's talk about that a little bit more uh, probably on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail with a local expert who knows their team best. There's a podcast for every single team in the NBA. Want to get a leg up on the Memphis Grizzlies after their big win over the Minnesota Timberwolves? Check out Locked On Grizzlies. You can check out all the great podcasts, including Locked On Mavericks for the Dallas perspective of today's game or uh, Wednesday's game. You can check out all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Plus, Locked On NBA, Locked On Face Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and plenty more wherever you download podcasts. Whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, college, or MLB podcasts, whoever your favorite team is, whatever your sport is, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search on iTunes for, or search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. No one will question the Orlando Magic's fight or effort or or guts or or whatever you want to call it. No one's going to question how hard this team is trying. And on Wednesday night, they finally were able to get shots to go down. They were finally able to make baskets and, and really give themselves a chance to win. Their defense stepped up late, made huge stops to give themselves a chance to win, erasing a five-point a a five deficit very late in the game. But at the end of the day, it's still about making or missing shots. And at the end of the day, it's still about making good decisions in crunch time. And this Magic team's Achilles heel this year has been just as much about their shooting 
as it has been their late-game decision-making. In every game, it seems like there is a critical error offensively that's beyond just making or missing shots that costs the team late. A rush shot, a quick shot, a mid-range pull-up that didn't need to happen. Really, those only should happen when there's a shot clock issue. But the Magic just are, are inching close to that, to that line and just unable to get over it. Like, like I said yesterday after the loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, this team is really close. Really close. And, and I think you could see that with every game that they play, that they're close to figuring this thing out. Of course, figuring it out once is one thing. Figuring it out every night from there on out is another thing. But they're not that far off from being the team we all think they can be. But unfortunately, the results are not there to back that up. And yeah, the team has a lot of work to do to get there. In this game, it came down to three critical possessions on the offensive end. The first with the Magic down by one point. Aaron Gordon drove the lane, was able to get contact and make a basket. But the officials called it an offensive foul. Gordon's fifth foul of the game, he was clearly very upset thinking that he had just given himself a real chance to win the game, put the Magic up by two, and didn't do anything wrong. He was clearly very upset. After the game, he said, 10 out of 10 times, that is an and one, he's at the line. He was not happy with the officials. I don't think he'll say any, he said anything that'll get him fined, but it wouldn't surprise me. So he essentially called the refs out for a bad call, and we'll see what the two-minute report has to say about it tomorrow. But Gordon took that offensive foul and the Magic needed a stop. Well, they got it. And with about 40 seconds left in the game, Orlando drove down to the other end of the court. Steve Clifford trying to get his team to call a timeout, which they did not. And actually, I agree with that decision not to call a timeout. And Gordon again had Dorian Finney-Smith lined up to go at at him. And Gordon started his move. His arm extended just a hair away from his body. Finney Smith sold the call once again, and Gordon fouled out. Magic are still down one, so they're not out of this game. But one of their better offensive players, or best offensive player for much of the evening, was now done for the night. But no worries. Seth Curry leaves the door open, missing both free throws. Orlando gets a timeout, and they get the opportunity to draw up a play with about Six or seven seconds left in the game. And they run that familiar play, that high pick and roll with DJ Augustine and Nikola Vucic. The very same play that won them that playoff game. Augustine drove in a little bit, rejected the screen, was able to draw Dwight Powell to him as he drove to the lane, kicked it back out to Nikola Vucic for a pretty open three. Powell does make a good recovery to challenge. Vucic shoots it. In his mind, he said after the game, it looked, in, it looked online. It felt good leaving my hand, but as so often happens with this team, it fell no good. The Orlando Magic fall to the Dallas Mavericks 107-106. to Again, three chances to take the lead down one. The Magic do not give up a field goal to the Mavericks, the best offense in the league for the final three minutes of the game. Let's put it to rest. The, 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 the Mavericks do have a 107 offensive rating in this game. They're at one, I think 111, 112, 
they're, they're above 110 for the season. The Magic have a 107 defensive rating in this game, but and they gave themselves every chance to win it. Every chance to, to win this basketball game. But ultimately, it came down to execution on the offensive end that they did not have, that they could not make. They could not take that last step up. And as was the case last year, the margin for error for this team is just still very small. Orlando's not hitting three-pointers at a rate that they're going to need to hit. It took them nearly the entire first half to hit their first three-pointer. They were 0 for the first 10 three-pointers at least. And so that shrinks an already small margin for error. Orlando did its job here. Don't get it wrong. The team is finding ways to scratch and claw and create offense. This is not a team that's good at getting in the foul line. Dallas is a good team at avoiding giving up free throws. The Magic got to line for 28 free throws. This is a team that doesn't usually like to rely on offensive rebound rebounding. They got 10 offensive rebounds for 15 points. The Magic scored 60 points in the paint. For the first time this year, Orlando found a way to manufacture offense without three-point shooting. In fact, for the first, it seemed six minutes of the first quarter, they couldn't hit a jumper outside the paint, but it didn't matter because they were getting into the lane so often. They were finishing at the basket. They were cutting really well. Aaron Gordon was fantastic cutting today. And they were getting offensive rebounds, and their defense could hold the line. Now, granted, that defense let up more than it should have. J.J. Barea had a late three-point barrage in the first half that made the game a little bit closer at halftime than it probably should have been. Um, Luka Doncic got away for, for a few threes. The team didn't always track the shooters well in transition, especially. And Orlando's turn, you know, Orlando had some turnover issues, 18 in the game, that let Dallas get out on the run. And you know, honestly, the second half was played at Dallas's pace. They were able to get up and down, and I don't think that's how Orlando wants to play. Now, again, I I, I I will talk more about this, I think, in a future podcast and as I'm kind of formulating how I want to exactly phrase it, but I kind of believe Orlando should play at a slower pace. They already played a slow pace, but they should break when they can. Absolutely. Get out and transition when you can. You know, get the ball up the court quickly. But when you get into that half-court set, run through your offense. Limit possessions a little bit. This team's strength is their defense. The more teams have to score on the defense, the more urgency other teams put on their possessions to score on this team's defense, the better I think it will be for the Magic. More opportunities. They'll get to get out in transition. As long as the Magic's defense is set, the Magic are fine. But that's neither here nor there. You can tell when the Magic are playing at the pace that they like, when it's very methodical, when it's when they're, when they're able to kind of run through their, through their sets a little bit more effectively, able to get the ball into the spots that they want. And they were doing that for the first half. Doing that for a lot of the fourth quarter. Doing that for a lot of the second half. But Dallas can score so quickly that it didn't take much for that tide to turn. But again, give the Magic all the credit for fighting. They continue to fight. that They're not letting go of this rope. They, are, they, they believe that they are fine. That they, they will figure this out. They started 2-6 and six last year. They know it's a long, long, long season. But unfortunately, the results are not there, and the results are ultimately what matters. No one, no one should, and should praise them for being close. 
Like I said, I think they're really close. But at the end of the day, if the playoff, if, if making the playoffs you need 42 wins and the Magic have 41, these are the games you're going to point to and say the Magic didn't get off to the start that they needed to. They let games slip away. Games just like this one that they had. They had early, and they had the opportunity late that they let slip by again and again and again. That cannot happen. Orlando was sloppy with their fouling all night long, especially in that third and fourth quarter. And that cannot happen. The Magic need better discipline on that end if they want to have the identity that they want to have. And so Orlando, you know, Dallas deserved to win the game. They went out there and took it. It was a tight game, two competitive teams, two teams that are pretty even, honestly. But Dallas is 5-2 and two and Orlando's 2-5. and five. And you could say, well, that's because they got Luka Doncic, but Luka's very, very good. Don't get me wrong. Orlando was on that level. Orlando was on his level. To me, these were two teams that were very, very similar. The Magic played really well. The Mavericks played pretty well, too. But ultimately, it is on Orlando to fix these problems. It is on Orlando to start making shots, to protect the ball better, to not foul. These are all correctable mistakes that the Magic are struggling to correct. And at some point, the result has to turn because the Magic are wasting some very good efforts that deserve wins. But the Magic just cannot get themselves over that hump. Before we run through the final box score, though, I got to tell you, I got to apologize. I really have to apologize here. I came on this podcast yesterday and said, you know what? Bet the under. Over-under for this game was 208. I was like, oh, the Magic will hold the Mavericks down a little bit. And, you know, Magic aren't going to score. Well, I was wrong. Orlando finally scored some points and, and, and they hit the over on this one. So, my bad. I can't promise you anything else, but I can promise you this, that... If you want to get back into the game, if you want to, you know, not listen to my betting advice, which you definitely shouldn't listen to my betting advice. I don't know what the hell, what the hell I'm talking about. But if you want to get back in the game with basketball season in full swing, both college and pro, mybookie.ag is the place to be. They have all kinds of bets for you. You can try a parlay to get multiple game action at once. If you know what a par- parlay is, it's you play multiple games, you hit on all three, you get a humongous payout. Uh, whether whether you want to bet on your favorite team, you want to bet against the team that you hate, mybookie.ag has all the odds, all the bets that you want to place. If you join right now, too, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Some interesting numbers and definitely a guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit more depth here as one of the big standouts of this game. Let's start with Aaron Gordon. 23 points, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, 4 turnovers, 10 for 17 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc. Uh, 
This was, you know, outside of the turnovers, and two of them came late in the game to humongous mistakes that you, that he can't avoid. He owned up to them after the game, so credit to him. I think he, I think he is developing more into a leader. But it's, you know, there's still some, there's still some youthful mistakes. I mean, I, th- I still think he makes makes some kind of, I don't want to say boneheaded because it's, it's it's not the right. That's that's too pejorative of a term, but definitely some. You know, somewhat selfish mistakes. And again, I think he's trying to do well. I think I, I thought both drives were him making, trying to make good decisions. And 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 the first offensive foul, I didn't think was an offensive foul. I think a two minute report will justify him. Won't help anything. I mean, that that essentially turned the game. The, the Magic would have won the game possibly um, if if Gordon had gotten that foul call. But whatever. You know, you move on. You had more opportunities. So, like I say, it's never one call that. That wins or loses a game, it's it's a series of it's a series of plays, and, and the Magic didn't make those plays. At the end of the day, they had three oppor- they had two more opportunities to win the game that they didn't take advantage of. The ball didn't lie. The ball gave them all the chances to win. Um, but uh, this was a, a until that point a quintessential Aaron Gordon game. He scored twenty one of his twenty three points in the first half. A lot of it coming just off of his hustle. The Magic weren't running plays for him. They weren't setting him up in ISOs. You know, maybe a few post ups here and there, but. They were generally just saying, go out and run the floor, find space to cut into, and attack the offensive glass. He had three offensive rebounds, a lot of them coming early, and he just did a really good job finding the gaps within the offense, within the defense, to to score and to find opportunities to score. Michael Carter-Williams hit him on a really nice alley-oop. Markel Fultz hit him on a really nice alley-oop. He was cutting because the Mavericks just weren't intense defensively all night. Um, Orlando really took advantage of Dallas's poor defense all night long. It's the first time really they've done that, and Gordon is the perfect guy to do this. Um, this is the kind of game that I like seeing Aaron Gordon have. He's not on the ball. He's not trying to create too much. He's doing it a little bit. Don't get me wrong. He's still doing it a little bit and, and getting those opportunities, but most of his scoring opportunities come off cuts and off the work of other players. If, if, you, if you create some open space for Gordon to cut into, he will take it and he will finish it with force. And I think that's really a good thing. And um, overall, I thought his defense on Luka Doncic was pretty good. I think he got caught up on a few screens, got caught on his hip a few too many times trying to recover. Um, Nikola Vucevic was was probably dropping a little too much. Uh, you know, and the Magic do use drop coverages. That is that is their uh, preferred way to defend pick and rolls. Um, but I do think Vucevic could maybe set his line a little higher. Um, I use soccer terminology for it, but I do think he should set his line a little higher. I think that's what he did last year, and 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 it was really impressive defensively with him. But overall, you know, I think Vuce is doing okay defensively. I don't think I, I think people are. I think there's a lot of people who just want to hate on Nikola Vucevic for whatever reason. But, um, but overall, I thought Gordon had a really nice game. But again, this those two humongous mistakes that they're just too huge to ignore. It's hard to say his game was ultimately that positive because of those big mistakes. So if Gordon wasn't scoring in the second half, who was? It was Nikola Vucevic. After a really difficult game Tuesday against the Oklahoma City Thunder, Nikola Vucevic finishes with 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 for 15 shooting, so still could do better there. Don't get get us wrong. 7 assists. A really nice bounce-back game. I thought his defense was really good overall. Again, maybe dropping just a hair too much, but like I've, I've always said this about Vucevic, there's really no middle ground with him. Um, but I do think that middle ground is widening where... He can still be effective defensively without being perfect defensively. His defensive understanding, I think, has really improved over the last two years. Um, I think Steve Clifford's really put him in good defensive spots. Um, you know, there, there's still some times where he gets beat on lobs on pick and rolls, and, and I, I, it's something you kind of have to live with with him. 
just because he can't challenge those shots he, those shots with his athleticism. Um, but overall, I, I did like his defense for the most part. Um, you know, still some struggles. He's he's still a limited defensive player, but offensively, I thought this was one of his better games of the year, perhaps his best game of the year, uh, even though he shot only seven fifteen. Uh, I think he did a really good job working the post. Orlando in the third quarter especially, in the second half especially, really worked to, to create... They knew Dallas was switching a lot of screens. So they worked to get smaller players on Vucevic in the post, and then they dumped it into the post to him, and he was able to finish really, really well. I mean, he torched Dwight Powell for most of the night. And he had his misses, and, and his percentage still has to come up, and he still has to do a lot better. But I really, 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 really thought that um, Nikola Vucevic did a good job throughout the game, just getting himself into that rhythm, just doing just doing a good job taking advantage of smaller defenders, of getting to, to the basket, not just settling for jumpers. And I think that's a really good sign for Nikola Vucevic. I think that's a really big thing for him overall is is to play exactly the way he played in this game, just really working the post and improving on that front. So. I really like Nikola Vucevic's game. I know I know he missed the big shot at the end, but it was a good look. I want him taking that shot. I trust him to make that shot. And I'll continue to say this. I know that it hasn't turned quite yet and it's not consistent yet, but I trust guys like Nikola Vucevic. I trust guys like Evan Fournier. I trust guys like Terrence Ross. I trust guys like DJ Augustine that they will get right at some point and they will hit that level that the Magic need. It's, it stinks that it's not happening off the top of the season, Magic had some injuries that I don't think they planned on. I think that disrupted their continuity. I think that disrupted uh, their training camp a little bit. And, and, and I think we're still feeling the effects of some of that. But once this team hits their rhythm, I, I'm, I'm really confident that they will hit their rhythm. And I think this team will, will take off once that happens. It's just, it's just about keeping pace and finding a way to, to stay in the haunt until then, which, you know, the Magic are. I mean, I, I know they're, if you look at the standings, they're 14th in the East right now, but they're still in the haunt. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that this team is going away anytime soon. Other notable scores, Markel Fultz, 11 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 2 assists, 3 steals. A really nice defensive game for Markel Fultz. Um, he's continuing to be really good offensively, too. I, I think he's better offensively than people than, than we're giving him credit for sometimes. I still don't always like his shot selection. I think he settles for that mid-range jumper a lot, but that's a rhythm shot for him. I think he, he prefers taking that shot over three-pointers, so he needs to be a threat offensively. He needs to be a threat off the dribble, and that's what he's doing. He's really good at getting in the basket. He's really good in transition. He makes good decisions. Um, there is certainly call from fans to get the ball into his hands more. I can't say I disagree with it. Um, I think that that is the next kind of evolution in the Magic's offense. Um, I know Steve Clifford likes to be very uh, methodical and patient with how he introduces offense and how he changes things, introduces changes to this lineup. Um, but I do think that's the next thing is to trust Fultz to run the offense a little bit more. His turnovers are still a little high, uh, but overall a solid game from Fultz in this one. Some, you know, some silly shots, a bad foul late in the game. I think his late game decision making is still going to be a work in progress that that's going to take some experience to get to. And, and again, the Magic have struggled late games and Fultz has been out there for a lot of those. DJ Augustine comes off the bench for 13 points, six assists, four turnovers for him too though. Two steals, four for six, make two for three from beyond the arc. So he made some shots. Did a little bit of good, did a little bit of bad. Uh, ended up finishing the game because Evan Fournier fouled out. Um, and, and and you know, he makes good decisions. So I think right now, you know, Augustine is is this really safe guy that the Magic have. The turnovers were a little fluky to, fluky in this game, but good to see him make some shots. Evan Fournier, nine points, three for five shooting. Took him a while to get going. Um, you know, got going again in the second half was when he scored a lot of his points. 
Uh, but, you know, I, I think he kind of understood that he didn't have it in this game. And so he, you know, took a back seat. Um, defensively, you know, the Magic didn't put him on anyone super important. He played Doncic for a little while. Doncic beat him up a little bit in that stretch. Um, but overall, I like when Evan Fournier keeps the ball moving. I thought in this game he kept the ball moving. He kept his drives to to a minimum. Um, you know, he was able to hit shots when he got them. So uh, overall, you know, maybe you need Fournier to be a little bit more forward in the offense. But uh, overall, you know, he knew he didn't have it. You know, he's coming off an 0-7 for 7 game. Um, I, I do like that he took a backseat because someone has to take a backseat in this offense. Not everyone can can shoot shoot their shot. Michael Carter-Williams, 13 points, 4 for 9 shooting, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. He was everywhere tonight. Michael Carter-Williams was a huge boost off the bench, just changing things, just making energy plays, just mixing things up, and really just making some good decisions. I mean, outside of a bad 3-point shot at the end of the first quarter, you know, he's just, he keeps the ball moving. He's able to attack the basket, get to the get to the rim. Just a really nice game overall from Michael Carter-Williams. I was really happy to see him play. And, and again, it, we all kind of laughed when Steve Clifford said Michael Carter-Williams was the best player in training camp. It's a little bit hard to argue. Well, it, it's not hard to argue about because there's, there's one guy that's playing a lot better. But uh, it's hard to argue that, he's made, that he doesn't make a positive impact when he's on the floor for the most part. His, offensively, anything you get from his, him is a bonus. And you need to make sure there's shooters out there with him. But overall, he makes... You know, he, he, he's just such a difference maker defensively that I, that I think you do have to have him out there. I am skipping someone that is big. We'll get to him in a minute because Jonathan Isaac had a ridiculously good game. We'll talk about him here in a moment. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 6 blocks, 5 for 8. The, only the third Magic player in team history to get 6 blocks and 4 steals in the same game. Nearly became a member of the 5x5 five five club. Um, I thought he had it there for a second, but they gave the seal to Markel Fultz. Um, Jonathan Isaac had a really good game. We'll talk about him here in a minute. I'm not ignoring him. He's the big story in this one. But Orlando overall shoots 39 for 80, 48.7% from the floor. Really good there. 22 of 28 from the foul line. Really good there. 10 offensive rebounds. Did a good job controlling the offensive glass. 18 turnovers was a concern. The Magic are still turning the ball over a little bit too much. But the bigger concern is still their three-point shooting. Just 6 of 24 from beyond the arc. Obviously, they missed the one at the end shooting just 25%. Tough to overcome a team in this day and age in this league when you're giving up 33 throws like the Magic did. Dallas shoots 24 for 30 from the foul line, so fouling is, was an issue in this one, just like it was Saturday against Denver. Uh, and the other team is making so many threes. D- Dallas makes 11 of 31 threes, so Orlando does defend the three-point line decently. But when the Magic aren't making threes themselves and they're getting good looks, Steve Clifford even said it, we're getting good looks. They're got, they, they just got to go down. Um... When the other team is making three-pointers at that clip, it is hard to overcome it. Dallas shoots 42.9% from the floor. Orlando did enough to win this game. They played good enough defense to win this game. They just don't have the offense to sustain it. They don't have the offense to really put pressure on teams. They're they're playing with such a small margin for error because a three-point shot just will not go down. And, you know, this team doesn't have great shooters. I, I grant you that. Um, you know, they're not going to be the best three-point shooting team in the league but they don't need that much. It should be very, very clear that if the Magic shoot even just 33 34% from three consistently, they're going to compete. They're going to win a lot of games because their defense is good enough. They don't. Their defense gives them a margin for error. Unfortunately, the Magic are blowing through that margin for error with turnovers, with fouls, and with missed three-pointers. If the Magic fix can clean even two of those three things up, they're going to win basketball games. And that's why I keep saying they're very, very close. Now, those are big things. Don't get me wrong. 
and the Magic haven't solved them yet, but that's really what we're getting at. The good news is, regardless of anything else, the first seven games of the season have shown that the Magic do have a future. And I think it's time to talk very seriously about what Jonathan Isaac means to this team's future. But before we do that, you got to get yourself well-dressed. And Indochino is the best place to do it. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code Locked on at checkout. Again, that's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code Locked on at checkout. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jonathan Isaac's stat line Wednesday night was absurd. I'm just going to say it. It was absurd. 13 points, 5 for 8 shooting, that doesn't sound impressive. And his offense is still the part that we'll talk about here in a bit. But 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 6 blocks. Not only had a double-double, he was one steal away from joining the vaunted 5 by 5 club. The same club that I think Jeff Van Gundy made fun of for some reason, that you're making up random stats, but this is a thing. Something that only 70 players in NBA history, since at least they started recording blocks and steals, have achieved. It is a who's who list. Jonathan Isaac nearly joined that club in this game. It is hard, it is impossible to ignore Jonathan Isaac when he's on the floor. If you know anything about defense, it is impossible not to be impressed with Jonathan Isaac. He was already a good defender when he entered the league, which is amazing. And he's only gotten better entering now his third year. I, I, in my bold predictions post for the season uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, maybe it wasn't that bold, but my bold prediction was that Jonathan Isaac would be getting votes on the all-defensive team. If I were really bold, I would say what I'm thinking today that Jonathan Isaac will be on one of the all-defensive teams. There is no ignoring how good he is defensively anymore. Kristaps Porzingis knows full well. He shot 4 for 14 and essentially got locked out of the game by Jonathan Isaac. Anytime Porzingis tried to put the ball on the floor, Isaac swiped it away. One of Isaac's four, three of Isaac's four steals came directly on Porzingis. One, I, I, I don't know if it was recorded as a steal, but one, he was originally called for a foul, but hit all ball as Porzingis brought the ball low. Another, Isaac poked the ball away from Porzingis, starting a fast break that gave the Magic an 11-point lead on a Markel Fultz and one. And another, 
Isaac just read the play, stepped in front of Porzingis, and took it for a two-handed dunk before anyone could react. Jonathan Isaac's defensive ability is real. His six blocks, a few of them were on Porzingis. A few of them were just nasty blocks. You know, what the kids would say is disrespectful. It is impossible not to come away watching Jonathan Isaac impressed. It is impossible not to watch the Magic play and not notice Jonathan Isaac. We're past the stage where Jonathan Isaac is invisible. Jonathan Isaac is perhaps the most important player on this team. And in fact, I'll go ahead and say it today. At least through these seven games, Jonathan Isaac's been the best player on the Magic. Now, that presents problems because Jonathan Isaac is not an offensive player. He's not scoring a ton. He's, you know, about six, seven, eight. He's about, I think he's about nine or 10 points per game. They're not running offense through him. He's not beating anyone off the dribble. In fact, he's probably turning the ball over a little bit too much because he's trying to go off the dribble too much. You don't run plays for him. He's scoring all these baskets. He's making this impact even on the offensive end without any plays run for him. What Isaac's all about is his defense. And it's become central to the magic that Isaac defends one of the better players on the other team and is the de facto rim protector for the Magic. It's the reason he's one of the top shot blockers in the league already, or at least this season. As Orlando begins to think about its future and whatever form it takes, I don't think this team is a playoffs or tank type team. I think if, if the Magic end up missing the playoffs, they're not just going to blow everything up. They'll look to improve, but they're not going to say, oh, well, that, that's over. Let's start completely over. They're not going to do that. But the one thing I think that is abundantly clear is that Jonathan Isaac is this team's future in one form or another. Even if he stops his development today, Isaac is a starter for this team, a fulcrum of this defense. Like Vucevic is a fulcrum of the offense. Jonathan Isaac is someone that makes this defense elite. And that's the important thing. We've long asked, what do the Magic do that is elite? What player do the Magic have who is elite at something? Not just good, elite. One of the very best in the league. Jonathan Isaac's probably not there as a defender quite yet. But he is well on his way. And with performances like this, with games like this, which... You know, stat-stuffing performances like this are becoming commonplace with him. It's clear that Isaac has that elite potential. Not just potential, but reality. And that's what Isaac has given the Magic in these first seven games. Has it been enough? to turn games completely in their favor? No. Because Steve Clifford is right about one thing. Late games are about offense. Offenses grind to a halt, and whoever can actually score is the team that's going to win. Scoring matters, guys. Defense gets you to the door. 
gives you the opportunity to win, but at the end of the day, you got to make shots, you got to make plays. Good offense beats good defense. But the Magic would be in much bigger trouble if Jonathan Isaac weren't the defensive player that he is. I often have cited the stat that Orlando has had the lead in the fourth quarter of seven of the eight games they played this year. They're just as likely to be 6-2 and two as they are 2-6. and six. In reality, they're probably a 3-5, and 4-4 four and four team statistically, the way they've played. So they're probably not far off of where they actually should be. But Orlando is not in these close games. Orlando does not have these opportunities to win. This belief that they will right the ship if they didn't have this defense to fall back on. And this defense wouldn't be what it is without Jonathan Isaac. I am as guilty of anyone as going from player to player in this Magic rebuild and saying, that's our next star. That's our next star. It's this guy's time to shine. I've said that about Aaron Gordon this year. And maybe I have a fundamental misunderstanding of stardom and how stardom develops. And that is probably true. Because Magic, I've watched the Magic for a long time and the Magic have always had kind of ready-made stars built for them in the draft or built for them in free agency. They've never really had to develop a guy who becomes a star. They're stars right out of the box. Jonathan Isaac may not be an all-star. I don't know what his offense is going to be, and, and he's 21, so he's got a lot of development to go, and he could, like Pascal Siakam, develop into an offensive juggernaut. We're seeing hints of it already, even if the Magic aren't running plays for him or setting him up to get his shots. I do know this. That Isaac right now is the best the Magic have to offer. Maybe that's not a way for them to be successful. Maybe the Magic, I mean, the Magic certainly need Nikola Vucevic to be better. They certainly need Aaron Gordon to continue to be better. But Jonathan Isaac has been the key to it all so far this year. His consistent defensive presence, his consistent defensive effort, his consistent defense going above and beyond his own role, perhaps, is the reason the Magic have any hope with how they've played so far. And it's really exciting to see where he grows next. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. My voice is already cracking. You can tell, tell that I need some water. So I'll close this out. Um, remember, you can, you can follow me on Twitter at philipr_md underscore, underscore for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.